Shut up and sit down. Back then I was packed 10 to these sweet 16s got me back in. Steak knife, tuck napkin, jack shots to the rim with some backspin. Make money stunt on them like whoa. Bag honey's pop bottles fill show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bump the Cutter newsletter podcast, which is incredibly wordy and two line for a podcast name. I'm your host, Joseph Nardone. You are here because you subscribe to the newsletter or by mistake or accidentally subscribed to the newsletter or were duped into being here because someone said something nice about me on social media. So if you're here by accident, I apologize. Uh, out of the gate, you should probably know, had a guest scheduled. The person had to move the recording due to previous obligations, but I wanted to be pretty consistent with my posting dates. As mentioned in a previous post, Mondays and Fridays are posts. Wednesdays are podcasts, Sundays are going to be discussion threads where you guys get to chime in with who your favorite player is or whatever the topics of that specific day is going to be. As for this podcast, we're going to keep it relatively short uh, because it's just me and I'm speaking to nobody and that's pretty difficult and I also have a speech impediment, which means I can't say certain words. I can't say rivalry without slowing it down. There are some words I can't say at all. Um, So if you listen to this episode now and you listen to future episodes and you see me start talking very quickly and I'm trying to more than likely trying to blur words to mix together. So you didn't realize I couldn't say synonym correctly or or another word. Um, But other than that, what we're going to focus on today is something we actually talked about on Monday's post, which is the Mark Emmert extension. Uh, He received a unanimous uh, vote of confidence or a unanimous vote to get the extension by the Board of Governors, which is primarily made up of the university presidents. The conversation afterwards was a bit weird just because there was a lot of free passes given. It, it's normal that this happens to a lot of media happen to deal as access merchants or they need access to survive where they're going to relay information from people that they kind of need for stories, for reports, for features even. Uh, We'll start with the easiest ones first, which is the, oh my God, I got a text from the athletic director. I can't believe that, or they can't believe that Mark Emmerich got the extension. Um, Of course they could believe it because they have direct access to the university presidents. It's not like the university president is somebody they can't talk to. They also don't really care if Mark Emmerich is the, NCAA commissioner, because let's be honest, that person, Mark Emmert, here in this case for the last couple of years and a couple more moving forward, is there to take the heat off everybody else. Nobody goes, oh, that athletic director is awful because student athletes are exploited or the women's NCAA tournament was handled very poorly to the point it was medically dangerous. Mark Emmert catches all that heat. Now, that's not to say there aren't athletic directors out there that don't like him, don't think that they could get a better person to run the NCAA, but it's important to note that largely athletic directors, and I don't want to do the blanket statement thing because it's really not fair because there are exceptions, but largely um, athletic directors don't care that Mark Emmert is inept at his job because him being inept at his job means they get a free pass for a lot of the things that they might endorse because... You know, if you're the athletic director of a major, powerful program in any of the two money sports, um, you kind of want things to stay the the way they are. 
you have all the power, you get all the money, gets distributed within your school. And Mark Emmert, while not evolving with the times, he is slowing down the process of enough where those schools are going to be able to bank as much money as humanly possible. I That's another conversation for another time, how they probably should have enacted their own name, image, and likeness bill beforehand and got ahead of the curve before the government got involved. Because whenever the government gets involved, it becomes a super complicated mess that is almost always never worth the hassle for anybody involved, not just the government, but like the people that they're hassling. Um, for example, there's all these different name, image, and likeness bills going on now. And I know I said we weren't going to do the go down this rabbit hole, but now we're here. Um, where some of them are just poorly written. The one in Florida, not great. Not great for even the Florida schools that, yes, there's some strongly worded things in there where people might get see the headline and be like, rah, rah, that's great. Like that Florida schools could th- pull out of the NCAA if the NCAA tries to punish Florida schools for allowing their players to use name, image, and likeness to their benefit. Uh, at the same time, there's, I don't know how much that's actually going to protect players. Um, also, the th- idea that th- they'll leave the NCAA if they punish them become a name, image, and likeness is kind of funny. They could kind of leave the NCAA pretty much whenever they want. They would have to have other people leave with them because, like, the Florida Gators aren't going to play just Florida schools. Though, I mean, for football, it'd probably work out. They'd probably create a pretty different, decent conference. Um, the other people we should talk about that have been getting a free pass, and these are the ones that um, people should be more concerned about, really, uh, for various reasons. Because some of the reasons they were given a free pass is fair. Um, that's the university presidents themselves. Now, it's available on the NCAA website who these people are. It's not just, like, the university president of the top 20 money-making schools. It's divided up and all that stuff. So the passes they were given were basically, hey, these guys are so busy, they have no idea what's going on. And basically suggesting they have no pulse on the billion-dollar organization, the man that's leading it, they're literally tasked to oversee. I don't like that idea. I understand that they're busy, and most of them have a background in academia, not sports, not marketing, not television revenue, none of that. those things that make Mark Emmer's job important. Um, but, like, you know, they're not dumb, and they see reports of the women's NCAA tournament being mishandled, again, to the point of it being medically dangerous. They see, they, they somebody's told them, somebody's been in their ear at, at their university, their athletic director, the coach, the a friend, um, somebody else going, hey, they made the NCAA tournament deal about eight years too early because it'd be worth 30% more if it went to market today. They're aware of these things. What they what they aren't willing to do, though, is eat the bullet. Um, Mark Emmert, for all his faults, operates largely in the same way a commissioner for a professional league does. Uh, he represents the school's best interests. He does not represent the NCAA's best interests. The NCAA represents, the NCAA and the schools are one and the same. The governing body of college sports represents its members, which are the school's best interests. Yes, there are going to be times where a school's going to be mad because they don't feel like they got properly or fairly punished. While, like, you know, the old joke, Jerry Tarkanian joke, uh, the NCAA was so mad at Kentucky, it, it put Eastern Kentucky on three years probation or however the joke goes. I, I'm kind of blanking here. But 
that stuff does happen. But generally, like, there's a reason why some schools get a pass. It's it's a business, and they're in it to make money. And Mark Emmer's job is to take the heat so schools don't have to. Because whenever a bad decision gets made, the women's NCAA tournament, like, it can't be stressed enough how poorly that's handled. Also, how they misrepresented the numbers afterward when they were discussing how much revenue it brings in. It's because it's packaged with other sports. It's, you could call it the anchor sport to the package deal it gave uh, networks to go along with the non-money sports, um, which was the only sport that brought real value to that deal for like an ESPN or a CBS Sports or et cetera, to even bother picking up you know, uh, men's cricket or whatever sports going on at Penn State or the University of Broken Dreams. Um, that was the anchor part. If that was sold separately, there's many, many reports that I can't cite out of my mouth because I don't have a link URL with inside inside there um, that suggests that they would have been worth far more money. Anyway, circling back. Um, yes, Mark Emmer does cost them a lot of money. And that's also, that'd be the reason they would have got rid of him. Um, the reason they're not is because he's a very good and easy pinata for media members and fans to rally around to hate. Um Maybe he does it on purpose. Maybe he's got a punchable face. I don't know what it is, but it's very easy for to take the low-hanging fruit instead of digging that one step deeper and going, okay, where does the fault with schools and universities and university presidents, athletic directors, if at all, because that caveat needs to be in there because it's not a blanket statement. It doesn't apply to every university president or athletic director or school. How much fault does it, does rest with them? So the vote... They are responsible for if Mark Emmer gets an extension. They, them being the excuse they're too busy or their backgrounds in the academia when they have resources like, hey, let me call my athletic director, the same people that are complaining that they were shocked that this happened, to you know, see what they think or to pick up a newspaper or to Google Mark Emmer's name or to look at any of the data that suggests he's costing the money or he's putting student athletes in danger or any of those things, I don't love the idea that they're getting a free pass because they're, air quote, too busy. Now, that's not to say that every university, like, I, I feel like I have to note this harder and harder because out of context, it sounds like I'm just blanket statement and everything. There's not to say there's definitely not, like, there's definitely a group of athletic directors would much prefer to just pull out of the NCAA completely evolve or do their own model or whatever else is going to happen down the road because of leagues like the PCL over time. And then the name image lightness bill itself going to be a reality sooner than later, um, which puts the NCAA in a bigger pickle overall. It just refused to adapt or evolve over the years. And there is an argument to be made about if paying players does a certain thing that changes the landscape of college sports as they knew it like 50 years ago because we've been multiple decades into this being a million dollar business and yes numbers can look deceiving because some schools will be like well we're not actually making money because they're not telling you well yeah we spent 400 million dollars building this arena or this this practice facility to lure in top college prospects or top high school prospects around the country the the net revenue doesn't necessarily mean that you know they didn't actually make money. They're just reinvesting it back into the sports program so they can make more money down the line. And then there's also the idea, from my my opinion, um, I'm not an economist, uh, that 
just because you have the ability to be a Division One, say, basketball program, um, if you're losing money as is, doesn't mean you have the right to stay one. Moreover, if now because the government got involved and it's not no longer the schools and the instant release decision, that name, image, and likeness, which it doesn't come out of college's pockets. These are all third-party things. It'll cost the school $0 directly. There's an indirect cost. I'll get to that in a second. Um, where it's costing schools no money directly. Um, if they're losing money because of that, hey, just because you have the right to open a business doesn't mean you're entitled to stay open. Um, the To circle, to tie that up a little bit, the indirect cost would be with sponsors. Um, if you're Nike and you have a choice between a top, say, 20 NBA draft pick that for some reason decided to go to, uh, I don't want to offend a college, but like a middle-tier college, like a good one, like we'll say Ohio. Jeff Bowles is a great coach, doing big things, all that stuff. They have really nice gear on Homer Field. Really like Jeff Bowles, really like the Ohio Bobcats. But pretend it goes to Ohio. Are they going to, if Nike only allocates so much money for colleges and players, are they going to pick the NBA draft prospect or the Ohio Bobcats? They're going to pick the NBA draft prospect. So that's where the indirect cost would come for the NCAA. Also, why they should have got ahead of the curve a little bit here to the name, image, and likeness where they got a cut and probably just pay the players a little bit and still got a cut and all these other things. And maybe, you know, division basketball, there's 350 some schools that that's a little too many. Uh, if we're being honest, logistically, financially speaking, the NCAA tournament is such a big draw. I understand that's large. It's largely because we're getting introduced to those smaller schools. I'm not saying do away with smaller schools. I'm saying that tournament one doesn't need to be 68 teams. Um, I like it 68, by the way, to be on record. Uh, I like the first four. But it doesn't need to be that, or you could say that, but there doesn't need to be 350 teams. 250 is fine. It's not going to take away from anything. It could be 200. It's still not going to take away from anything. That's still less than half the teams making the NCAA tournament. Um, like the NBA, half the teams make the playoffs. I know it hurts the regular season sense of urgency, but that goes back to another point I had in, on Monday's post, which is, um, the way we consume college basketball as fans <clears throat> and, I, and how it's presented to you as fans from media isn't great because in November, we're doing far too much NBA draft takes. Like, who cares? Like, we're going to get there. I already know everything I'm going to know about the top 10 programs in the country probably before the season starts. We have to do a better job. We, myself included, um, despite my platform not being big, have to do a better job of relaying information about the whole hum programs is the best way I could put it, or programs that are, are developing or younger in their um, their return to relevance or maybe their first time. Like, say, Penn State, they seem to be doing really good on the recruiting trail with transfers. They picked up Jalen Pickett from Siena, who's tremendous. They're going through, a, a going and heading into a new era. They seem like they're doing well, really well. Um, outside the Penn State bubble, nobody would really know that because the way he's college basketball is covered because so far the offseason all we've heard about is other and I'm part of the issue like I'm part of it like I'm not free from blame is about all the issues with the NCAA tournament and all this Mark Emmert stuff and we're already hearing about next year's NBA draft class Amoni Bates talk and I get it because Amoni Bates drives traffic you need traffic to make money you need money to pay writers to return the coverage back around on everything else that's partly what my goal with Bump the Cutter is is to write about the things I want to write about uh, in college basketball, which always isn't going to draw a lot of eyeballs. It might be something stupid. It might be an essay. It might be 
600 words on the backup point guard for Dayton. I don't think that's going to be one of the topics, but it might be. I'm also open to you guys suggesting things if you want to leave it in the comments section or whatever like that. Uh, I guess that's what all the cool YouTube kids say. Um, I'm kind of word vomiting at this point, and I almost did a, uh, a worse version of Monday's blog post as the first podcast, which probably isn't ideal. Uh, but if you're this far into this podcast, set, uh, 16 minutes in or whatever, uh, you're a fan. You're a, you're a diehard, and I love you deeply. And, I mean, that's creepy, but here we are. Uh, but on Friday, we'll have another post, and on Sunday, we'll do the discussion thread. And I think the discussion thread's where we kind of, I don't want to say build a community. I am doing the newsletter for selfish reasons, creative reasons, all that stuff. People have been to the newsletter under its different brandings. No, I'm writing fiction now as well on top of my college basketball writing and the essays or whatever you want to call them. Uh, so pretentious to even talk about that shit. Um, idea is trying to build a community, no matter how big or small it gets, where I selfishly do not have to be on Twitter as much. I don't like marketing myself. I don't like the idea of being a brand. I don't like live tweeting during games. I like watching the game. Um, I know people are capable of doing both tweeting and watching the games. I am not. Uh, I just can't. I like focusing on the game. I also like being able to eat and not have my hands on the like uh, the keyboard or my phone while I'm watching the game. Very old man stuff. I am old. Probably too old. But if you probably not going to like this podcast because it's just me word vomiting. But if you like any of the posts and you don't uh, subscribe, please do. If you enjoyed any of the previous content that came before this, same deal. If you think it's something up your friend's alley, also share, tell them, let them know that we're trying to do something here. And it's very much a we thing. Like that Sunday thing is mostly for you guys. Like whatever topic I'm like, who's your favorite AEC player? See, that's how niche we'll probably get. We're going to talk about the AEC a lot um, of all time. And I'll start it off with like Jameel Warney um, or maybe Anthony Lamb. I'm sorry, Jameel, uh, depending whatever. And then you could say like, hey, mine's favorites like so-and-so. And, -so. and uh, it'll be stuff like that. And then you guys could talk. It's, it's a thread. You guys could hijack that thread. I'll still be in there popping in and out saying like, hey, what's going on? Or I like this guy or I forgot about that guy. I think last Sunday's thread was on or last week, last thread, because we didn't have a posting schedule then, was on favorite random players that just randomly pop into your mind from time to time. I have a bunch of them that I think about probably far more than I should. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're good players. It's just players I think about. Um, I don't know why. probably says that I'm a loser. Um, but other people got involved, and some of the guys I'd say, like, hey, no idea who that guy was, or I forgot who that guy was, or haven't thought of that guy in 10 years or 15 years. So hopefully it's a good experience for everybody. Um, but that's it. Uh, you don't need to follow me anywhere. I'm sure I'll leave it in the blog post. And uh, look forward to getting this with you guys, getting at this, getting with you, getting with you guys. Getting with you guys sounds like uh, we're doing something dirty. Getting at this with you guys. I don't know, it's still dirty. I hope you guys like it and you keep coming back. All right, guys. All around me are familiar websites. Worn out clickbait. Worn out hot takes. Bright and early for the daily link dumps. No one's clicking. 
no one's clicking. Their page views are filling up their pockets. But not for writers. Not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow. No tomorrow. And I kinda find it funny. I find it kinda sad. The internet in which I'm worthless is the best I ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad internet. Mad internet.